TVNZ's US correspondent Anna Burns Francis. Anna, good afternoon, afternoon New Zealand time at least, and good evening where you are. How are you doing? Yeah, wow, what a big day. There's a lot to uh, lot to swallow. I'm actually just watching the very first White House press briefing uh, with Jen Psaki. They've promised to hold them daily, which will be, that's a big change, that in itself for the incoming administration. So just trying to keep a track of all these changes that Joe Biden's made in just a few hours in office. Well, speaking of those changes, um, there have been, what, 17 executive orders already? plus a number of agendas, uh, memos, all sorts of things. And look, you've got to expect that any time a government changes, of course, their direction uh, politically will also change, and so will their uh, reforms in the direction they want to head in. So it was no surprise there were going to be a number of changes, and also some of them had been signalled in the last few days, of course, because we saw Donald Trump making a number of last-minute moves to change travel restrictions, for example, open up back to Europe and Brazil, and the Biden administration saying that won't be happening. We'll undo that again as soon as we can before it even has time to come into effect. So I think, as you mentioned, a few uh, executive orders signed today, of course, the they're going to stop the border wall being built. The uh, Muslim travel ban will be reversed. There's the rejoining of the Paris Accord, of course. They're going to stay in the WHO. Dr. Fauci, who we're all almost a familiar household name like Ashley Bloomfield these days to us, I think, when we look at America's COVID response, he will be leading the U.S. delegation for the World Health Organization. And finally, a mask mandate on federal property for all government buildings, which we had heard uh, Joe Biden talk about a mask mandate. Now, it won't be for everyone in the entire country, but it's certainly a big change with the attitude and the way that they will deal with coronavirus. They do things so differently in the States, don't they? You know, even to think that, that this major day isn't just about ceremony, that, that there's even at the end of it, as you say, that you then get into the office and you, you sign some papers. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible to have been there as you have. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had an inauguration before. This is my first one, so you've got to say I will have no barometer for how unusual this is, but certainly you can take some measure from the fact that everyone else is saying this is just incredible that the entire city was locked down the way it was. And, of course, I have seen those pictures of previous inaugurations where they have those tens of thousands of people, if not more, on the mall, and today it was an ocean of flags representing every state and territory and all the people who couldn't be there today but you could hear a pin drop on that mall today because there were just a few tents with a few of us standing in the wind. Uh, They hadn't even put a speaker system up for us. We just watched it on a television inside the tent because this was made for TV, this event. Everyone was deliberately encouraged to stay home. There was no attempt to draw a crowd anywhere to any of the day's events. How nervous were you or other media that, that something awful might happen today? Well, I tell you what, we uh, we did have security for part of the day. Uh, we didn't need to use them at any stage, but we know of other news networks that had 40-plus security agents for the day because, of course, it was only last week where we thought we could cover these rallies and cover these protests and wouldn't get attacked as in a, in a bad way. You know, we quite often are the target of vilification where you would go to a Trump rally and he would turn around and say, you know, the press, the press, and they would all turn around and boo at us. 
uh, and that was unpleasant, but certainly never been the target of any violence or abuse to the degree that we saw on the day of the Capitol riots. So certainly with that overhanging threat that there might be a repeat attack, everyone was very uh, on edge today and prepared for something to go wrong. But uh, by the time we reached lunchtime, everyone was t starting to take a bit of a deep breath and relax a little. And I have to say, you know, it was like the day that Twitter took down Donald Trump's account. You just felt you could breathe a bit more and you didn't have to be watching all the time, <laughs> making sure that you were on top of things all the time. And, you know, there is, I've heard one reporter say we've gone from crazy town to Dullsville. You know, this is not necessarily going to be a very exciting administration, but at least we know we can go to sleep at night and we're not going to wake up to a scrolling news alert. And what were the key moments that stood out for you from the inauguration today? Well, what I found really interesting was Joe Biden's speech because we've seen a very careful decision with the way he has approached uh, both the run-up to the election and in the aftermath of that election with all those claims of rigged voting and all those f lies going around, misinformation from the president and his allies, former president, I should say, Trump and his allies, about what the election was and who voted. And that was uh, Joe Biden made a particular decision to not engage in that and to not discuss it. And even when the Capitol riots happened, he made a point of talking about unity, redirecting the conversation. Well, today we heard him quite strongly come out against that sort of activity, that violence, that attack. He really made quite a point about it. And he's done a couple of speeches since. He's welcomed White House staff and they broadcast that speech not so long ago. And he made a point of referencing George Floyd. So we are seeing some direct a strong commentary from President Biden about where he plans to go with his leadership and the tone that he's going to set. And it's a lot more direct and a lot clearer, perhaps, than that uh, peacemaking message of unity that he still carries with him, but that he was largely focused on before today. I think one of the keys to him, as far as the tone saying this a moment ago, is that he's not a grudge holder. So let's not forget that Kamala Harris initially ran as well for president. And, and in doing that, she had been critical of Biden and that, that the previous president, if anyone ever criticized him, well, that was it. And, uh, and you know, he, he didn't forgive anyone and loyalty was a one way street, whereas Biden is not afraid of people who disagree with him. Look, I think you can probably say that uh, it's a fault of us all as human beings, isn't it, that you get mixed messages here? Because you would have to see Donald Trump giving Steve Bannon a pardon perhaps points to some level of forgiveness, even if it's not for true altruistic reasons, that it may serve him well in the future or he feels like it serves him at the moment to give Bannon a pardon. But certainly Joe Biden uh, bringing Kamala Harris on, yes, it was a, some tough moments in those debates, but she spoke about that uh, only a couple of days ago when she talked about how she had a very strong uh, friendship and um, working relationship with Bo Biden, who was uh, Joe Biden's son who passed away some years ago. And he, she talked about how uh, what she really got out of that friendship and then what she learned about Joe Biden was the ability and his perspective that you can disagree and it doesn't really matter what the disagreement is about but as long as you are coming at that disagreement from a place of ethics and values and, and morality then you have a right to disagree and it's about finding a solution to that disagreement. Well, what next for you now? 
Well, I've still got a script to get ready for the news tonight because more and more this Biden administration seems very busy uh, today and uh, I think it's going to keep going for the next few days. Apparently every day in January is the focus of a new topic. So tomorrow is coronavirus, uh, then there is the economy. I think next Friday is called Immigration Friday. So there's a lot to get through in the next few days. It'll be a busy wee, wee while following what the Biden administration is going to do. And you know they've got a lot of work to catch up on, but they've also got a lot of resources at their disposal. And the people who voted for them We'll be expecting them to use those resources and try and get on top of some of the problems this country's facing. All right. Well, squeezing a nap somewhere. That is TVNZ's U.S. correspondent, Anna Burns-Francis, frequent guest on our program as well. Thank you so much for your time.